One of the more interesting stories I've read in a long time having to do with the legal world has to do with a church in Oakland where cannabis and magic mushrooms are sacrament. They were raided by police a couple of years ago. There's a whole litany of things we could dive into with this story because it might have to do with local permits, but it could be as grand as is this a church? Are they were they were their Fourth Amendment rights violated with the search and seizure? Anyways, I'm I'm rambling on about this, but Jenna Green, who's a columnist for Reuters, wrote the story. Jenna, thanks for hopping on with us here today. Oh gosh, thanks for having me. And I will be posting a link to this story because it's so well-written and clever to read through. And I want our listeners to read through the whole thing as well. But this involves the Zydedor Church of Ethnogenic Plants. Am I? Oh, Ethiogenic Plants. (laughs) Here I am on the radio. I don't know how to pronounce these things. Can you start from the beginning with this story? I basically is where we're getting at. Sure. Um, The story is really about a church that opened in 2019 in Oakland, California, called the Zydor Church of Entheogenic Plants. And by entheogenic, they mean mainly cannabis and magic mushrooms. And so a central part of their beliefs um, is that these plants are sacrament and that they can bring users closer to God. Okay. And, and that, that may seem unusual to some people, but of course, sacrament in other churches is wine. And I know there are two different things, but we're also talking about things that are, are essentially legal in Oakland, right? Well, cannabis is legal in the state of California for recreational use, although, of course, it's still illegal at the federal level. Um, psilocybin mushrooms are not legal in the state of California, but the city of Oakland decriminalized them, which isn't Mm. quite the same thing as legal. But what the city council did was direct local law enforcement to make it their lowest priority to either investigate or arrest people for use of magic mushrooms. Okay, so they say it's part of their sacrament, but even still, in 2020, they were raided. Why? They got the police got a tip that they were operating as an unauthorized cannabis dispensary. Um, And while marijuana is legal in California, a dispensary needs to have a permit. And the church didn't have a permit to be a dispensary. And in fact, the church says it's not a dispensary. It says it's not doing retail sales of cannabis. It's saying that cannabis is consumed on the premises and is part of their religious services, but that they're not selling it. That said, um, people need to be a member of the church, which I think costs $5 a month. Um, and they reimburse the church for basically the costs of the cannabis. But the church says that's not a sale. And so maybe it's a little bit more like passing the communion plate before right. or the collection plate, sorry, before you take communion. Right. And, and boy, that is an, what an interesting argument and legal uh, web that they're going to have to unwind here. Because I was just going to say the same thing, like churches don't have liquor licenses, but they distribute. But if it's free, allegedly, or there's not this, you know, back and forth of money exchange, but there is the communion plate, but it's optional versus maybe the $5 is required and they have to help compensate. I don't know. There's a lot to unwind here. Yeah, exactly. It's a very kind of fact-intensive inquiry of whether what they're doing is legal or not. And right now, there's only been a complaint filed. So there's not really a record to be able to look at, you know, does do the church's activities pass muster as a bona fide religion or 
are they masquerading as a dispensary and using religion as sort of a fig leaf? And that's something that, um, you know, will be developed as this case progresses, that th- those, that factual record. Yeah. And we don't know, like, there isn't like a permit that they could really even apply for to do this, right? There's no like statutes even to like, I don't even know what permit you would apply for for this. <laughs> exactly. That's part of the problem. I mean, maybe not surprisingly, the city of Oakland has not zoned any parcels for the religious use of entheogenic plants. So they don't, they don't fall under any umbrella for a permit. And so they say, you know, we're not a dispensary. That's not appropriate, but we're also not you know, the, the the religious use permits would not allow us to, you know, have our sacrament of cannabis and mushrooms. So that is a big basis of their lawsuit. They're saying that the city of Oakland is discriminating against their religious beliefs because they don't provide a way for them to get a permit. And without a permit, I mean, the they can't operate. Every every establishment in the city has to have a permit, um, but there just isn't isn't really one that, that would seem to fit this church. Right. And that's why this legal battle may not go all that long. They might say that they've applied and that the administration process is still working itself out. So we may not get immediate answers, but it does bring up broader constitutional questions. And this is not something that is new to the federal uh, system. They have issued rules uh, back and forth on cases involving hallucinogenics or substances in church, right? Yeah, exactly. Um Probably the the biggest case was in 2006 when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a a small congregation in New Mexico that sort of combined um, indigenous Brazilian beliefs with uh, contemporary Christian teachings and used a hallucinogenic tea as part of their worship. And the Supreme Court found that they had sincerely held beliefs and that the government um, should allow them to have to use this as part of their religion. And sort of the the key question is that um, the government has to show that it has a, a compelling interest in banning a religious practice. The and, burden is on the is on the government to prove. Yeah, exactly. They, it's a okay. high hurdle. Um, and then if they do find that there is a compelling interest, they have to do it in the least restrictive way possible. And sort of how that gets sliced and diced with different facts, um, it varies. There was a Ninth Circuit decision, uh, which is the 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 appeals court that would hear any this case. Um, involving the Hawaiian cannabis industry. And they had a slogan, we use cannabis religiously and you can too. And um, the court found that, um, that, 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 that they didn't, they had a handful of rules that were supposed to ensure that the cannabis was only used for religious purposes, but the court said they were little more than parchment barriers. And um, they upheld the criminal convictions of these two ministers. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, we've been hearing, you know, in the last couple of years with the pandemic and with shutdowns of churches, a lot of cases have gone to the higher courts about, you know, the closing down of churches and, and a very a conservative Supreme Court has basically said, no, you, that is an undue burden placed on many of the churches. So it'll be interesting to see, I don't know if this case particularly or one like it may work all the way up. How do they determine what is the test that these courts use to determine whether it's a bona fide religion or not? Some courts have applied what's a a sort of 12-factor test where they look at a bunch of questions like, does the religion have a moral code? Does it address 
questions of life and death? Um, does it have the, uh, you know, accoutrements of religion, like um, holidays or ceremonies? Um, no one factor is dispositive, but they tend to kind of look at all these things together to decide if it seems like it is a bonafide and sincerely held religious faith. Right, because the idea is is that they're trying to prevent people from, for whatever reason, whether it's for tax purposes, for this sort of thing, just creating something out of thin air and saying it's a religion. I think a lot of people have the misnomer that, oh, that if you do that, you're, you're free, Scott, to do anything you want. But there are these tests there, and they're there for a reason. Yeah, exactly, because they have a, their concern is that that the the controlled substance could be diverted from religious use to recreational use, for example. So what is next in this process? Do we know? What's the timeline look like? Um, I'm not quite sure. The The city of Oakland says they have not yet been served with a complaint, so they have not answered it yet. And so presumably it's going to kind of unwind slowly over the next year, year and a half, two years. Um, these cases tend to move not not all that quickly. Yeah, and I'll end with your last line that you used in the piece, which was just so well written. You said, but in the meantime, expect a long, strange trip, which was just the bow on such a well-written story, Jenna. I really enjoyed reading it. It's 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 a fascinating case, and it's one that kind of makes you chuckle on the front end, but think through it, right? I mean, this is, a, this is an interesting storyline. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. I appreciate it from uh, Reuters, the columnist. And again, I'm going to share this on my social media handles. You can uh, follow me at John Hansen Talks, and uh, I'll be sure to post this link today. Jenna, have a great day. Awesome. Thanks so much, John.